we could all use a little help once in a while, couldn't we? Could all use a little help from the Lord once in a while. Um, Today is a special day, Reformation Sunday, and I'm going to acknowledge it. Thursday is another celebration that we have marked on the calendars as well. Yes, today's Reformation. Today we sing choir anthems and we wear red. You all look very nice. And we talk about how great it is to be Lutheran because 500 years ago, a German lawyer turned monk nailed his complaints to the front door of a church. Today is Reformation Sunday, a day when the church decides to celebrate change rather than fear it, you know, like we usually do. And Thursday is, of course, a day when most children and most adults will dress in strange or scary costumes and rock around in public. It's Halloween. Did you get your candy yet? Yeah. The younger ones go door to door asking for candy and adults give them the candy. Who thought up this holiday? Halloween's a day when we focus on tricks and treats and all sorts of other scary things and we say it's all in good fun. But at its heart, Halloween is really all about fear. Acknowledging, confronting, and poking fun at our fears. Two holidays, just about a week apart. One that's all about change and reformation, and the other that's all about fear and overcoming that fear. Every year, these two events fall side by side, and I think there's some real wisdom in that. Because if you ask me, fear and change always seem to be intertwined. I want to talk with you this morning about fear and change and the Reformation. We'll be focusing our attention on John chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. And I've titled this sermon, Fear and Change. Please pray with me. May the words of my lips and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Send your living word to walk amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions, (laughs) to challenge our assumptions, and to make us whole again. Amen. Let's open up those Bibles, and if you would stand with me, please, as we read the gospel together. This is John chapter 8, and we start at verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham, and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household, and the son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, yet you look for an opportunity to kill me, because there is no place in you for my word. I declare what I have seen in the Father's presence. As for you, you should do what you have heard from the Father." Church, this is the good news. It's the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. So 
So in this gospel passage from John, Jesus speaks clearly to a group of Jews about the importance of trusting in his words and the freedom that can be found when we trust in Jesus' teachings. Jesus says, if you continue in my teachings, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It's funny, because Jesus is saying all of this to a group of Jews. And they respond to Jesus in a way that's rather resentful. They seem to balk at Jesus' suggestion that they need to be free. They tell Jesus that they are children of Abraham. They've never been slaves. They have always been free. But hang on a second. Hold up, hold up. Did you hear what I said there? This is a group of Jewish men. You know, the same group of people who were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Oh, oh, and then, by the way, after they escaped Egypt for freedom, later on they got taken over and thrust into exile by the Babylonians. And if you read your Bibles really carefully, you discover that after the Babylonians, the Assyrians came along and occupied their land. Oh, and by the way, at that very moment, when these Jewish men are talking with Jesus, the Holy Roman Empire has its thumb all over that town. You see, these Jews seem to have forgotten their history. But not just their history, they seem to have forgotten their present predicament as well. Because, like I said, at that very moment, they were being ruled by the Romans. In very practical and obvious ways, these Jewish men seem to be oblivious to their own enslavement. Good thing nothing like that ever happens to us, right? I don't know about you, but I'm always in control of my present reality. I never become manipulated or controlled by other people. I'm always perfectly honest with myself about my shortcomings and my inadequacies and my struggles and my fears. In case you couldn't tell, I'm being sarcastic. I can't lie to you, church, not on Reformation Sunday. The ugly truth is I'm a lot like these Jews. I forget about my past, and I'm blind to my present-day struggles. And be honest with yourself, I bet this is true for you too sometimes. We're bad at seeing and admitting to ourselves what we've done wrong. I bet if Jesus came along and told us that the truth will make us free, I bet many of us would say, Jesus, what are you talking about? Everything is fine. I'm living my best life right now. Hashtag blessed. How does this happen? Why does this happen? Why would this group of Jews, a cultural group that takes their history so very seriously, why would they not recognize the slavery that is such a part of their people? And why do we refuse to admit time and again that we don't have it all figured out? That we could use a little reforming ourselves? The rationale in both of these circumstances, church, is exactly the same. Just like the Jews in today's gospel passage, we deny the gravity of our predicament because we're afraid. We're afraid of who we really are. Afraid of who we've become. And at the same time, we're also afraid of having to change those parts of ourselves that we know aren't quite right. As I mentioned earlier, We've got a holiday coming up this Thursday that's all about fear. 
Halloween invites us to acknowledge many of our fears in a safe way. We turn our homes into haunted houses and our front lawns into graveyards, and we dress up as scary things like witches and zombies and vampires and politicians. And we do all of this to face down our fears, right? To poke fun at death a little bit in a safe and lighthearted way. And maybe you're saying to yourself, oh, I never got into the creepy side of Halloween. And I get it, I get it, maybe you didn't. Lots of people don't do the headstones and skeletons on their front porches, but I bet you've still dressed up once in a while, right? And maybe not as anything scary, but maybe just for fun. Maybe you went as a football player, or a princess, or a ninja, or a mermaid. Even if you didn't embrace the creepy side of Halloween, we still use this holiday to wear masks and put on makeup and revel in the chance to pretend that we're something we're not. Because Halloween is all about fear. Yeah, our irrational fears of cats and spiders and our deeper fears of violence and death, but it's also about our inner fears of inadequacy. Halloween is about confronting our fear, and there's something powerful about facing down and laughing at those things that scare us. When we face our fears, incredibly powerful change can take place within us and within our world. Believe it or not, but that's how the great Protestant Reformation that we celebrate got started 500 years ago. It all came about because a guy named Martin Luther, who, yeah, our church is named after, was willing to confront his fears. In his early days as a monk, Luther was extremely hard on himself because, like all of us, he was a man of many sins. And so Luther was taught and he believed that it was his responsibility to make himself right in the eyes of God. He thought that his efforts and his good works were his only chance of avoiding God's wrath and eternal punishment. In other words, Luther lived in a constant state of fear. But then Luther discovered some good news that turned this all on its head. One day he was reading his Bible and he came across a passage in Ephesians. And this passage told him, that we are justified by faith through grace and not by our works. He discovered the promise of the gospel, the promise that he didn't have to make himself right with God because God's unending grace was always reaching down to repair whatever is broken or out of place within us. All we have to do is accept that we are already accepted by God. When we abide in the words of Jesus, we are freed from our sin and freed from our fears and freed from death itself. This is what Jesus was trying to say to that group of Jews in the gospel passage this morning. He says that everyone who sins is a slave to sin, but if the Son makes you free, then you are free indeed. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to be afraid. Our fears can be overcome, church. Our fears about the irrational things, our fears about our own inner inadequacies, even our fear of death. We have been freed from all of these fears by the power of Christ Jesus. Today and again on Thursday and every other day after that, Christ beckons us to come and abide in him. 
to discover the ways that his love frees us from all of our fear. It's never good to lie to yourself or to ignore your own shortcomings, but it's even worse to ignore this gift that God is trying to give you. Fear not is the most commonly used phrase in the entirety of Scripture. Because that's the very heart of God's message. No matter what you're going through, no matter how uncertain the road ahead may seem, no matter what inadequacy you think is holding you back, as Christians we believe there is nothing to fear because God's love is stronger. Fear does not win. Death does not win. God's not through with you yet. I know personally that fear has often held me back. And as I look at the Protestant Reformation and I reflect on its messages today, I am compelled by the fact that Martin Luther faced down his fears and found how God could get him through it. And because of his courage to confront the church that was occupying that land at that time, because of his courage, incredible change took place. And the church was never the same. And frankly, we might not even be here in this house this morning if not for his efforts. And so it's a good reminder to me, and I hope it's a good reminder to you as well, how much power there is when we face down our fears with a knowledge of God's love. Because that's what got Luther through. And that's what will get us through as well. The love and grace of God is always stronger than whatever fear we might be confronting at that particular moment. That group of Jewish men talking to Jesus, they were living in a state of denial that day. They seemed to have no knowledge of their past condition or their present predicament. But Jesus was trying to set them free. And whenever you find yourself weighed down by guilt or undone by grief or bound up with fear, Jesus will be there for you to, confront, to comfort and to forgive and to heal and most of all to set you free again. Amen.